Hi, I'm Sarah, the manager here at One Up Coworking, and welcome to our expert panel podcast. These podcasts will be a chance for you to listen to our past virtual events and hopefully one up your knowledge in something new. We run virtual expert panels every other week, so head to the link below to see our upcoming events. This episode is around PR, and we had some great panelists, including Mark Pooler, founder and editor of Global Media and News Publisher, TMSP PR Agency and Public Speaker Coach, Marina Plumer, Digital PR Manager at Kaizen, and Leanne Barnard, PR and Marketing Consultant at Red Panda PR. So without further ado, let's kick things off. Mark, do you want to kick us off with yeah, what you want to talk about with PR? I'm happy to. Thank you for inviting me on today, Sarah. It's a real pleasure to be here and with some great experts on the panel as well. So my name is Mark Stephen Pooler and I'm founder and editor-in-chief of MSP News Global, which is a global media and news publishing site. Predominantly, I work with USA media coverage so I help entrepreneurship clients and business leader clients get premium positioning with expert positioned radio interviews, also helping them to feature in business magazines, entrepreneurship magazines, and also with national press release, which I do through my publishing site. So that's a little bit about myself. So our topic we wanted to talk about today was with COVID-19, how has it affected business? Now, for me, my business has actually thrived the whole of the time of COVID-19 because everyone wants to get into media. What I would say I have noticed is people are choosing topics around the subject of working online, the power of online business. So that would bring me to my first tip of what journalists are really interested in. And that's something being newsworthy, something that's trending or really controversial topics. So what I have been noticing with my clients is they have been choosing subjects around COVID-19 or the power of online business in times of crisis. I would like to mention the power of radio interviews and podcasts. Getting on to people's radio and podcasts is really, really powerful, especially for your digital footprint. Uh, SEO, Google footprint is great just from getting onto people's podcasts. So for small businesses, this can be really, really powerful. Also, I would say if you're reaching out to journalists or you're reaching out to radio hosts, don't go in with you're amazing, I should be on your show. Always go in with the approach of how you can benefit them. It may be that you have a great network yourself. So by them letting you onto their show, it's opening you up to their network as well. Or it could be you are just adding value to their audience and their listeners, but always going with an approach of how you're going to benefit their show. 
So some of my tips on what is a great advantage to being in media and media outlets, publications on radio, it really builds trust with your target audience or people who are potential audience or potential clients. It really opens up trust. So once you appear in media, it's shared on all of their publications, but then you can share it onto your social media, which over time that will help to attract clients as well. I'm just looking at my notes here. Also advantages of appearing in media, brand association and business association. This is what I do with my clients. I position them in a premium setting next to really premium names, which instantly rises the credibility of the clients that I'm working with. And again, this helps attract clients. When I publish a press release to USA media, financial feeds, industry news sites, What's really unique about my press release, it also gets published to many, many global independent media publishing sites as well. So you are getting the exposure through a press release, but also the brand association being featured on feeds such as Fox, NBC, ABC, CBS, financial feeds and industry news sites. It's instantly position, positioning you with those premium names like Fox, NBC, ABC. It will also allow the client to use the logos as seen on Fox, NBC, ABC, which gives credibility, authority, and also the positioning, which is great to help attract clients too. Now, I recently had an article about myself and what I do in a publication which is called London Daily Post. And no, I'm sorry, it was in YK Daily, which is a news site. And my article was positioned in between an article of Amazon and Microsoft. So instantly my face is next to two huge names. So I could then use that all over social media. Again, that is the expert positioning side of the media coverage. Now, let me just go to my notes. Now, if you are reaching out to journalists, it can be a hard process doing it on your own. I do it all for you. That's the great thing about the media and PR coverage, what I do with my clients. It takes out that step of having to reach out to journalists, but always reach out and build a relationship before you ask for anything. And like I've said before, always make sure there's a benefit on both sides to the equation. Now, Another great, great tip for media coverage is the Google index. For instance, if I syndicate a press release through the USA media channels, it really, really saturates Google 
with my clients so seo if anyone's searching their name or business name they are saturated on google which is such a big advantage with media coverage um it it will lead to opportunities now when you are seen in financial feeds industry news sites on entrepreneurship sites that have got big amount of readership business publications it will lead to opportunities. I've had clients that have, have been given opportunities for speaking, they've made book sales, they've attracted clients onto their courses, into their seminars. So the power of media, especially through times of crisis, is so, so, so powerful. Now, I have worked with celebrities. I've worked some of the biggest names in business. I've worked with some of the biggest names in personal development. And they all know the power of using media coverage to gain trust, build credibility, authority, to be positioned, to gain that exposure. And with time, that does lead to attracting clients let me just see if i've got any more notes here now another great great thing once you are featured in publications first they share it it dominates google but then it gives you as the client a marketing piece to share on social media and these can be shared more than once because you are expert positioned. You can reshare these pieces on social media many times knowing it's talking to your target market. So if you've got all the correct clickable links in the articles, it will direct people to your product and service in a subtle way without it looking promotional in a way that's newsworthy so it's more of a news feature rather than a promotional piece so that's my little talk today so i hope i've added some value there and i'm looking forward to hearing liana marina speak too oh that was wonderful yeah, I feel it really interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Leanne, do you want to go next? Yeah, I can do. Um, so I'm Leanne. Thanks for having me, Sarah, and uh, who's the other lady that you're organising this with? Sophie. Um, so I created my own business, um, Red Panda PR, just at the start of this year. Um, my experience is agency side PR and I did some in-house work for quite a big um, luxury bathroom manufacturer. Um, so I've got quite a varied kind of PR background all the way from B to C to third sector really. Um, that's kind of my history. Um, so my main clients at the moment um, are tech startups, um, quite quite small um, you know, AI agencies. Um, I've worked with some, some national campaigns throughout COVID um, with England Art Council, um, small companies like that really. Um, and my focus is about delivering very targeted, high quality PR. Um, so for every press release I put out, I wanna get at least five to 15 you know, gold standard PR pieces. And we're talking, you know, I'm going after the Financial Times, uh, the Sunday Times, you know, BBC Click, people like that. Um, so that's what I do really. 
Um, I think since since COVID-19 took hold, um, I've been really busy. It's been amazing, actually. I think um, what you said, Mark, is absolutely correct. A lot, you know, with this landscape, a lot of people want to get involved in the conversation around the implications of COVID on society, on mental health, on culture, on, on all of the implications, really. So it's been a really interesting time to be in PR. Um, I think I've got some very kind of quick tips around PR for small businesses that are attacking it on their own um, and the, the first tip for me would always be understand what's going on um, in, in your landscape basically you need to know what the what, what your influencers are talking about in the industry and what the, the, the recent research is saying what what are the current affairs what's what's the news because whatever story you're telling needs to fit into that world it needs to fit it fit into that landscape um, leading on from that, you need to nail your story. If, if you're a product-led business, then your product alone is not a story. Um, the product needs to fit into your business and your sector. If it's you know, retail, why is the product special? How does it fit into trends? How does it fit into people's lives and you know, their changing lives? Um, also, if you don't have a lot of budget for PR, you have to really go about media outreach in a very focused and tenacious fashion. You've really got to nail your media list and, and nail your follow-up procedure. So you know exactly which journalist is writing about what, you know, what they're interested in um, and, and follow, follow up with them in a timely way. Don't smother them, that's never good. Um, but just make sure you're, you're going to them, at, you know, at least twice to kind of to make sure that you've, you've covered all your bases. It's kind of a box ticking exercise in some ways. Um, and the last tip really is know the value of PR. I mean, advertising is great. Um, obviously, social media is great, but PR is earned media. What you've done is infiltrated another audience because they've assessed your relevance and value. To their audience there's no guesswork involved you know that that audience is going to be interested it's going to be engaged in what you've got to say because the publication or the platform's done that for you so you know pr definitely has a place in your approach to marketing and i think understanding that value is very important and i think um obviously there's a lot to be said for link building and seo um but it is about building awareness first for me more than anything I think in, in my head with PR um, and I think with pitching um, it's obviously that's very important too to, to make sure you get a successful outcome so my general rules with pitching to media are to get to the point quickly um, you know no journalist wants to receive an email that's a page long it's you know it's about getting to those points quickly and, and, and concisely um, also know your audience. Some journalists don't want to know who you are. Some are friendly, some are not. In my experience, most are not. <laughs> I don't want to say that, but that's my experience. Assume that they're not before you try and make a relationship with them. Tell them what it, who, what, where and why and what the benefits are to them. And then, you know, if they want to be friends, then, you know, then build that relationship. But in my experience, going straight in with a pally-pally approach isn't never goes down too well unless you come across a real anomaly <laughs> um also for every pr story that you're sharing with media you need to make sure you've got photos and imagery to go with that because 
no one's going to run a story without an image unless it's you know a comment or something like that that they might weave into another area so make sure their photos are print or web ready depending on who you're pitching to so the journalist has nothing that they need to ask you for so they've got everything there in a package to just put out basically um so that's it for me really in a nutshell i think it's 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 just really about knowing who you're talking to knowing what they're interested in and absolutely saying the right thing <laughs> yeah that's it i guess great that was brilliant yeah was oh, brilliant. thank you thank you very much and uh maria marina do you want to, to go now yeah sure and um, so yeah thank you for having me um i know it's a bit of a last minute thing um but i am really excited about it um so yeah so i'm marina um i'm a digital ma digital pr manager at a online um, digital and SEO content marketing agency. So um, the kind of main aim of what we do is to drive link building and um, clients rankings on Google, essentially through um, kind of creating creative content through graphics and white papers, all kinds of different content that will essentially gain interest from journalists. Um, Similarly to um, Leanne and Mark, we've also been really, really busy during this time, which I think kind of emphasizes that it's a really great time to be involved um, in PR and media um, during a situation like this. There's a lot of um, flexibility, I think, that I found in a lot of learnings across um, the whole company um, over the last few months. And I think we've really forced ourselves to be adaptable in the, in the type of campaigns that we're producing. Um, so primarily what we normally do is we um, were focusing on creating graphics. So we have designers and developers in house. So we create, you know, um, data visualizations to visualize a story and um, to then pitch into journalists online. Um, but since then, because, you know, the time restrictions um, that we have from that, you know, it might take around four weeks to produce a campaign like that. And that might be old news in the environment of COVID-19. So we've been a lot more reactive in terms of, what we're coming up with um, and a lot you know quicker brainstorms um, which has been really great to see um, and I think it's definitely actually kind of introduced the form of PR that we'll now incorporate moving forward as kind of extra bits that we'll do for our clients as well as the, the more traditional graphics that we produce for them as well. Um, so in terms of my tips they are quite similar um, to Leanne's in a way so I think the first thing is to do your research um, so if you're a small business, it would be good to just immerse yourself in online content. If you want to drive your SEO, like immerse yourself in what your competitors um, are being covered for um, on the nationals or other publications that you really want to hit, like think about your dream publications and any particular sites that you want to be seen on. Um, and from there, you can gain inspiration about the kind of ideas that you can produce. Um, so yeah, de definitely do your research before even, from my perspective, even thinking about coming up with a campaign. Like Leanne said, you need to know your voice, you need to know your audience, you need to know the journalists, and that all comes kind of in the first stage of, you know, when we're taking on a client, so we know what kind of ideas they're gonna want and things like that. Um, and then moving on to the next tip, um, I would definitely say, so you can get links with a low budget, and I think that's something we've learned at Kaizen. So you don't have to have budget for a designer and a developer, um, to get links online essentially you can do things like looking at your own business and what value you can add to a journalist similar to what Mark was saying you know do you have an expert comment that fits in really well to what's going on in the media at the moment COVID-19 is literally seeing like news stories come out left right and center about all kinds of things and there's all sorts of updates across the world so can you 
kind of piggyback off the back of that um, and make the most of that. And that's something that is just essentially reading the news. That doesn't cost anything to wake up in the morning um, go through all the main like kind of news sites and see what's being talk spoken about and then contact a journalist off the back of it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the main finding I think that we found um, during COVID-19. And I think as well, things like after doing your research and looking at what's being covered, you can create articles that are tips led that may not, you know, it may be not be a viral campaign that's going to see loads of links, but it will definitely kind of get you a few links um, in those more niche publications to kind of help you keep building up your kind of link building profile. Um, and then my third tip um, is around kind of similar to what I've been talking about. So following the news, being flexible, it's not all just about creating, you know, kind of static graphics. Um, it can be about, you know, getting an expert comment, finding case studies. And I think one of the main things that we use as tools is Twitter. Um, so for in terms of digital um, PRs, journalists they're all on twitter um, and something called hashtag journey request is where journalists might reach out and say oh i'm looking for an expert in i'm looking for small business owners that have changed their um style of working during covid19 and you can literally piggyback off of that and provide that journalist could be from the bbc and then you can find yourself on the bbc which is a great way to not only get a potential link, but it's also, um, like Leanne was saying, brand awareness, which is really, really important. Um, so yeah, Twitter is really, really big in what we do. And um, so definitely make the most of that and also use free resources. There are so many ways that you can get data. Um, you know, you've got World Bank data, government data. Um, I'm gonna say it wrong. It's, it's open data request or something like that, where you can ask councils across, across the UK for information. And from there, you can create your own stories um, if it's relevant to your brand and cross-reference data to make it original. But there are a lot of free resources out there where you can get interesting data um, to create stories for your client, for, for, well, for yourself as well, um, as a small business that won't cost anything. Um, and then my other tip was about dream publications, but I think I've already mentioned that. But yeah, I think it's just really like immerse yourself in content and really read the news and what's being discussed. And I think that's really like more than ever, that's been so relevant over the last four months and be flexible in terms of, you know, we did have a um, retirement home client and we thought, oh God, like, what are we gonna do for these guys during COVID-19? It's obviously a sensitive topic, like with the elderly. And then we ended up doing a campaign about keeping, you know, your um, like ways to keep your brain healthy, like little activities that you can do. And it wasn't, it was, you know, wasn't breaking the bank. It wasn't any, you know, groundbreaking research, but it got coverage because of the time that we outreached it and because of the time that we had to kind of switch everything and switch our calendars and um, to make sure that we were kind of targeting our stories in line with what's going on. So, yeah, I think that's everything. Amazing. Brilliant. Fabulous. That was brilliant. Thank you very much, guys. Um, we, I've got a few questions here from people. Um, so I think a couple of you touched on this, but if anyone else wants to join it, jump in with anything we didn't cover, but how do I write a good outreach email? Um, yeah, how, how do you get sort of journalists to really, I know Leanne, you sort of talked about this, but um, yeah, how do you get journalists to really kind of actually look at your email? Um, it depends what you're pitching in. So there's obviously different strands of PR. So if you're pitching an announcement or if you're pitching a thought leadership or if you're pitching a data piece, all of those pitch emails look different and they should look different. 
Um, so if it's thought leadership, what I usually do is include a, a small extract of the, the piece that we're thinking about writing or have already written in some cases. Um, and, and you want to pick the, the, the best kind of phrasing or, or, or paragraph that you can find that really shows off the sense of the piece and the sense of the author. Um, and, and then kind of bullet point underneath what the, the thought leadership piece will also include. So if it was a piece about, um, I don't know, the gender pay gap, it would be a very um, expressive paragraph that you'd lead with, which would really sell the opinion. And then you could say that this piece will also include revealing data on gender, gender pay gap results in the UK and the implications on the economy, something like that. Um, for data, always lead with your best piece of data. Um, so I recently worked with a client um, who, who have a well-being platform and they found that something like 50% of people were having trouble sleeping. Um, and this is right at the beginning of COVID. So that was a really good story right at the beginning and get that data out. It was, you know, of interest to a lot of people. And then if it's an announcement, be as clear as possible with what that announcement is the stakeholders involved and what it means. Um, if it's an investment piece, make sure that the investment is at top line um, because that will attract kind of business media, uh, SME media. Yeah, that, that's, that's it in a nutshell, really, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. I think as well, um, your subject line is really important because if you imagine a journalist's inbox and they've got 500 emails, and you, they're essentially going to probably, chances are, just be looking through that headline, which is their subject line, and clicking on the ones that they find the most interesting. So you need to summarise your story as clearly and concisely as possible within that subject line to even get them to click on your email. Um, and yeah. think about how a journalist would write things. Think about if you were reading an article, what would jump out at you? Um, and I think the other thing as well, oh, definitely... Um, from my experience, because we work with so many different types of clients, we've got kind of finance clients, fintech, um, travel clients, like a really big range. It really alter your language for the publication. So something like revealed probably isn't going to work for the Financial Times. Like, I mean, like, you know, that's more of a lifestyle -y travel kind of angle and just, you know, be experiment and experiment with the times that you're outreaching to journalists and the kind of follow-ups that you're doing and whether you include a press release the first time or not. I know um, Liani spoke about um, packaging it all up and sometimes we, we kind of do a mix um, at Kaizen where sometimes we do really short emails and kind of hook them in wanting more but it really it's just experimenting and seeing what yeah. works for you best and I actually personally um, was always told that going to journalists on a Friday was a big no-go, but I love and normally get quite a lot of success on Friday yeah. outreach. Um, Me too, yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of experimentation and, and things like that. And I would just like to add what Leanne said. I think it's important to bullet point. No one wants a big email sharing every single piece of their story, why it should be covered. Definitely bullet points. Always open an email positively, close an email positively. And also, it's good to pay a compliment. Make sure that the journalist knows that you know who they are, you're a fan of their work, or you follow their work as well. Excellent. Um, in, on that same vein, how do you deal with a lot of no's from journalists? 
Um, I think from my perspective in like working on campaigns um, online in terms of link with me and things, when a journalist says no, I think the first thing I normally do is ask for feedback, obviously only if they have time. Um, and, you know, it's just part of, you know, the outreach process. Um, like Liam was saying, not all journalists are very friendly and, and you kind of get hardened to that and just accept that that's what, how it's going to be. I think after you start, based on how many emails that you send, if you do start getting a few no's from my perspective, it's to find out why, like what isn't working with the campaign and if they can provide any feedback that would be really helpful for us to then go back, tweak, tweak our emails, tweak our campaign potentially, um, send it around the team to see why it's not working. Um, but yeah, to be honest, you know, I actually don't, I'd rather have feedback of a no than no reply at all, because at least it's something. Um, so yeah. yeah. I, I think for me, it depends what kind of no it is. If it's a rude no, then let it lie. If it's a positive no, I'm like, what's the feedback? And also, I'm working with these people too. Do you think you could write about them? Um, you know, what, what else are you writing about? What, what would be interesting to you? Yeah, it's just about reading. Because some, some journalists will say no and also add a bit of nasty feedback in just just a you know par for the course um and obviously you don't want to get into a bun fight with a journalist but i guess just always look for an opportunity if there is one um one thing as well that i do that i don't know it could be helpful is that if a journalist does cover something so recently um we got coverage on the um business insider and then from there i just said oh by the way he covered it and i said thanks so much and then afterwards i said oh we've actually got this as well and then he ended up covering that. And so from that point, kind of just keeping the conversation going and just being as helpful as you can without spamming them and being annoying. Yeah. Excellent. Um, do you guys follow up, say with an email, if you've not heard anything, um, what do you tend to sort of say in that? I would normally email around two to three times, give it a couple of weeks, wait a further couple of weeks, and then I would I would send a final email, leaving the ball in their court, saying, haven't heard back from them, um, and I certainly don't want to pester, so I'll leave the ball in their court. And normally you will find if you do that approach, they do normally get back to you after the third approach so sometimes you should make sure you're following up to get the results mm. I'd follow up once two days after then maybe once a week after and then if it's like one of these uh, an opportunity that I really want to land then maybe again but um, yeah I think I've, I've seen some PRs kind of spam journalists and I, I I don't think, I mean, sometimes it works. Sometimes there's that absolute moonshot and you send them five emails and on the fifth email, it gets <laughs> through to the right person. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would only follow up twice, I think. Yeah, quite similar from my side. We tend to follow up after, you know, kind of give them like a two to three day period. It depends on the size of the site as well. If it's um, a national, I might follow up a little bit sooner because they can get so they can get lost in their emails um, so easily. Um, so yeah, I would say that. And one thing that I do do is that if a journalist does reply and they say that they're interested and say they want the press release or they want additional information, they tell you they're going to cover it and then they go cold. That can sometimes be quite frustrating. Um, and I would maybe follow up twice and then um, 
one kind of good piece of advice to get them to reply that also you don't get a bad response from what I haven't before is I sometimes just ask them if they've given up on it and it kind of sparks a bit of something in them and they're like oh no I haven't given up on it and it kind of gets their attention a little bit and and inclines them to respond um, to what you're saying. Excellent. Um, I've got another one here. Um, do you think that relationship marketing is helpful in PR? You want to go first? <laughs> to be honest, um, uh, building relationships. I guess that's very important, but I've actually, I don't want to sound like a dummy, but I've never come across that phrase before, relationship marketing. Okay. I, I would say relationships are important and communication is really important, but I didn't quite get what you meant by that term either. Yeah, so. I, it's, it's just a question that's been submitted. Okay, I guess maybe building relationships? With journalists, maybe. Yeah. Yes, um, I think it is important. Hmm. I think, um, I don't know how different it is, and I think it probably is in terms of um, traditional PR. When you work in-house, you're probably working with very similar publications where you might be more familiar with journalists, but online, sometimes there are endless amounts of contacts that you can go to. So I think building a relationship can be more difficult. Um, and there's like a fine line between building a relationship and then just being too over-friendly. Um, I think you want to kind of strike the balance yeah, I mean, in my in-house role, when I first started doing PR, we worked with a very small collection of magazines, which were House and Garden, Living, etc., World of Interiors, all of those Interiors Homes magazines. And we had very close relationships with all of those journalists because people in those positions stay in them because they're really nice jobs to have. Um, so that was definitely a relationship building exercise. But when you're agency side and you're, you're trying to get people in the nationals and things a lot of nationals will use freelancers um for, for quite big pieces you know um features and things so yeah it is more difficult definitely and um when you've identified an appropriate company or publication how do you find the right person to email or speak to or get in touch with okay I would say you can simply ask. So if you reach out to someone and you don't think they're the right person, you wouldn't go into too much detail. You would ask them who is responsible for this and could you give them the, could you give me the contact details? So just ask a question who who deals with this and can you pass their contact on to me? Mm. I mean, recently I, I was trying to land a thought leadership piece about AI um, in in you know, nationals and, and tech media. And I literally just Google people that had written about it. And sometimes that's a really focused approach. And then you know who's the right person because you find that person, you find them on Twitter, find them on LinkedIn, use, you know, use your database to help. Um, and that's often the right way of finding someone. But sometimes it's the person you least expect who's the right person. When I was agency side, we had a really good relationship with an editorial assistant who just managed to get us across all the syndicated regional news all the time. So it, it can be, you know, quite a surprise sometimes who's the right person. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree um, with what both of you guys have said. I think um, if you do have budget for databases um, from our side, the most successful that we found is Vulio. Don't know if any of you guys use that. Um, 
it's like a journalist database so you can search for nationals and it will list all like the tech reporters and tech editors which is good as like a foundational kind of prospecting list and it will also help you cross-reference when you're searching online say you're searching on google um about ai and um, you can if you can't find a journalist email you can pop them in there and more often than not their details are there um, and i guess another one especially for nationals um, and kind of those top tier sites are like wired and mashable and things like that in the tech industry um, just go on twitter and if you type in the um if you type in the sun um journalists and then you'll see a lot of their editors come up with their email addresses and that's just a great way because it is still public and you have the right to take those details and so yeah it's another great way or potentially even like just send them a message on twitter if you don't want to email them some journalists are a bit hit and miss like sometimes it's not the best to do that but just kind of see what they're saying do your kind of background research yeah it's, it sometimes works on twitter i've had a few wins from that it's exciting when they tweet back it's like oh yeah <laughs> love it yeah. fabulous um i think that's all the questions that we've been asked um if anyone has anything else that they want to sort of add or that hasn't been covered or want to talk about um i had a question for mark um around the relationships and the contacts that you build with those big american publications you know you spoke about abc and all of those like how how do you find that like in terms of like success and getting responses from journalists do you think the u.s journalists are different to uk journalists and how they respond how regularly they do um, and things like that yes i would say with usa they are definitely going back to what Sarah said about relationships. So they do want the relationships. So the way we're trained in our agency to reach out to journalists and our address book is to um, reach out two or three times before we even prospect them with an opportunity for media coverage. So I think in the USA, we're even told to go onto their social media and start liking some of their posts, commenting before we even send out emails. That's really interesting. Super interesting, yeah. I have to start doing it now for some from US journalists. I'll start following them and liking them on Twitter. Um, yeah, no, that's it's just really alien to what I, what my experience is actually, because my old boss agency side was just very. Well, two one of the bosses was quite um, friendly and open and all about the relationships. The other one was very kind of to the point and bullet pointy and, you know, not even a kind regard. So it's, yeah, it's just interesting to hear the different viewpoints. I think as well, it might be worth just for the people that are listening as well about US press and it, like UK like outreach as well as to be, you know, we spoke about being clever about when the times of day that you outreach. So for US journalists if you're it's uk time 9am it's going to be the middle of the night there so just be mindful of that and when you're sending your emails and if you can schedule them so that they come in at a reasonable hour for them and um, otherwise it might just get missed mm. excellent um well thank you so much guys and um thanks so much for joining us in learning about pr I definitely learned something. I hope you did too. If you'd like to check out our upcoming events, head to our events page or click the link below. We've got some amazing topics to help you as a small business coming up soon. So make sure you have a look. We also have a Facebook and LinkedIn group for support and discussions with other small business owners. So go visit One Up Coworkers to join the conversation. Thanks and see you soon. Mm -hmm.